Ah, it's great to be here. Hey, we're, we're getting right on down on these lessons. Again, we'll be going through the end of this month and, uh, and then uh, starting something else. Uh, uh, it's above my pay grade to tell you what, but uh, Pastor, he, I'm sure he has it under control. Uh, this is lesson number 11 of 13. Oh, we're getting right down there, aren't we? And uh, uh, this morning we're going to be talking about uh, partners in missions. Last week we talked about partners in those who give, partners in giving. Uh, we're going to be talking about several other aspects of partnership. Remember, missions is a partnership. It doesn't stand alone. A missionary doesn't go alone. A missionary doesn't stay there alone. This is the, the church and missions are inseparable. The great commission is missions together, co, the company of missions. And so not the great omission, the great commission. And we work together in this matter of bringing others to Christ, building them up in Christ, sending them out for Christ. So this morning we're going to be talking about the, the matter of praying partners. I'd like you to turn, if you would, to the book of Colossians, the book of Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. We'll be looking at some passages in depth, the matter of prayer, the partners in prayer. This is a convicting study for me because I know I need more prayer time. I know I need to trust God more in prayer. I understand when I don't pray, it's because I don't have the faith to pray or I crowd my time out where I make excuses not to pray. But this matter of prayer is so very, very vitally important. Notice what it says. We're going to see it. We're going to see the Apostle Paul writing uh, a man who is a missionary as well. He's a church planting missionary. The Apostle Paul is in prison. And uh, this man w- is, is in prison with him. We don't know that he was a prisoner but he's being sent back. He's going to be going back and, and reporting to his people in uh, that play, that area of Colossae. And that's where he was a, a church planting missionary, this man, Epaphras. And uh, notice what it says in verse 12. Uh, sorry, Colossians chapter 4, verse 12. He says, Epaphras, who is one of you, speaking to those people in Colossae, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, Now, notice what he does. Always laboring fervently for you in prayers. This man knew what it was to pray. He was a laborer for them. He was was one who loved those people. Perhaps he was the missionary pastor there uh, for the Colossians. He says, laboring fervently for you in prayers. And he doesn't just leave it there. He tells us why he was praying. Not just that he was praying, and we're going to see some more of that. We're going to see how he was praying in, in some related passages in this very same book. But notice what he says, laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Boy, I know of no better prayer request as a missionary or as a believer in Christ for someone to be praying for me that I might, that I might be stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That's my request for you to pray for me that way. And I'll be praying for that for you. 
because God hears that prayer, God answers that prayer. Obviously, it's in the scriptures for a reason, for a purpose. And we're going to see how that relates to church planting missionaries just right after we pray. So let's bow in prayer. Father in heaven, as we bow before you, we want to acknowledge you as the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great God of creation, the ancient of days. Lord, we humble ourselves, we bow ourselves before you, the Holy One. And we recognize we have no right to even come before your throne except it be for the blood of Jesus Christ, our ransom, our redeemer, our savior. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for extending your salvation full and free to us who are Gentiles and to us who are just wretchful sinners, but saved by your holy grace. Thank you for that unmerited favor you've shed upon us. We'd ask you, Lord, to open our hearts to your word, this matter of prayer, this matter of being partners in prayer, this matter of exalting you and glorifying you because we pray and seek you, the God of heaven, for the answers for our requests, for our needs. Thank you, Lord, for meeting those needs. Thank you for answering these prayers. Would you challenge us, Lord, send conviction of your Holy Spirit that we might be perfect and complete in all your will. We might be those who would seek you first. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The matter of prayer. You know, missionaries like prayer. Did you know that? When I say they like prayer, they need prayer. Because we have prayer cards. You understand that. They, those little, little placards are not for the garden to chase the, uh, the crows away. They are for us to remember, oh, we need to pray for them. And that's, that's just a, a simple thing. But we need to pray with some understanding. We need to pray with, with some knowledge on how to pray for them. We'll talk about some of that in just a moment. But we also have missionaries have prayer letters. That's updates on their ministries. And hopefully in those prayer letters, it's prayer requests. So we'll know how to pray for them. And by the way, I have on this back table just for this next two hours. I'll be moving them to the other tables. But back here is, uh, is a summary of our missionaries uh, from our church uh, and their updated needs. Just in, in two or three sentences in a short paragraph form, you, I, I trust you'll get a copy of that. We have a few copies back in the, in the table over here. And uh, you'll know what our missionaries need. Their prayer requests, uh, they're right here. Uh, this is the, the Ray Berry prayer meeting that meets the, the uh, first Friday of every month. And uh, we normally have about 10 folks, uh, 8 to, to 10, sometimes as many as 15 folks come out for that. And a church this large, boy, I sure wish it was a lot more than that. But we appreciate those who are committed to prayer to public prayer, not just public prayer, but corporate prayer together. Uh, very, very, very important. I'm, I'm convicted about that matter of praying together. Not, not just playing together. <laughs> not just feasting together. And we feast sometimes when we ought to fast and we play when we ought to pray. But this matter of praying together for the needs of those from right here in our congregation who are serving in other places. And at the bottom of the sheet, a number of names for those who have committed themselves to full-time service who are not yet involved in full-time service as missionaries or other uh, Christian servants. 
So pick a copy of this up if you don't have one already that's sent out, uh, I think, and on emails sometimes. But uh, if you don't have a copy of that, it's updated every month with the updates from the missionaries. You can do that. Also, uh, we've said this before and we've had these before. The, uh, this is my prayer sheet. And for our missionaries, I, I do know the, uh, the needs that they have, and so, but I can see their faces and I can pray for them. We have some of these uh, back here as well. This is all the missionaries from our congregation that are currently serving as missionaries. We need to pray for them. Each one of us need to pray. By the way, I pray for you. Uh, I, uh, I don't walk around the auditorium uh, because you all uh, haven't got figured out who sits where, who's, who's where, who's what, who's on first. Uh, but you, I do pray for, and I pray that God would open our hearts to him and to his word. Again, here's Epaphras. One of you, a servant of Christ, salutes you. That means he says, how do you do? Always laboring fervently, fervently for you, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Not only is he prayed and he's praying fervently and he's praying specifically for their needs to stand perfectly whole, perfectly complete spiritually. He's not praying for them to be healed physically. We find some requests in scriptures are a physical healing, a physical concerns. But it seems to me that's that's most of our requests these days in a in a church setting. Many times that physical healing or physical provisions uh, the, 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 the give me's, I need me, uh, that kind of a thing. But wait, uh, we're going to see how uh, he prayed. Look, look back a few verses. Notice what it says in verse 2. Again, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Stay with me now. The Apostle Paul is, is, is writing to these people in Colossae. He has with them the missionary who's either started the church or who's continuing to pastor the church or to mentor those there in Colossae. And he says, continue in prayer. Watch the same with thanksgiving. Hey, when we pray, we're to continue to prayer. Not, not just stop, not just start, not just, okay, I know the need and I'll pray. And then uh, six months later, I wonder what ever happened with that prayer request. Well, God hears, but God delights in us coming to him continually. Over and over again, without stopping, continually. Continually in prayer. We'll see some more verses about that. So this is how to pray. We're to, we're to pray continually, verse 2. And he says, and watch in the same with thanksgiving. That means look for the answer. It's coming. God hears, but God needs to be contacted because that's when he gets the glory. That's not when we get the glory. And by the way, we cannot get glory when we pray, can we? That, no, that we're, it's our duty to pray. It's our duty to bring it before the Lord. Now, they, we can't receive any glory, but God does get the glory and he doesn't when we don't. He doesn't get glory when we don't pray. So pray. The need is there. Pray. Pray for what? Well, you have these sheets here. Pray, pray through these sheets. Pray through the needs. You have missionary, uh, all the, the 80 plus missionaries that, that are not from our church, but whom we support are out there on the board. The letters are there. The updates are there. We do updates every week. On Wednesdays, they're sent out. And those updates in, include a fifth of the missionaries on that board out there that aren't from our church. It tells their needs. Pray, pray. 
I have a something I'll read to you. I was going to wait until towards the end of the of the lesson, but listen to what. Uh, well, well, this isn't mine. Uh, matter of fact, the the man that that wrote this, I I, I don't know. I'll, I hesitate to even say his name. He's he's a Baptist, but he's not of our stripe. Put it that way. He says some mistakenly think that as long as they believe the right things, I trust we do. As long as they believe the right things, they can remain at ease in Zion. Now, what he means is in their Christian walk, you can just be at ease. We believe the right things. Ah, the pressure's off. While God works wonderful things that happen without their direct involvement from us. It doesn't work that way. Many believers organize their lives as though their sole calling of a Christian is to enjoy the hearing of God's word expounded. That does give us joy. We enjoy the word of God. We like to be right. We like to be true to the word of God. So let me read. I keep putting my uh, two bits in here. So let me just read it as it's written. Many believers organize their lives as though the sole calling of, of Christians is to enjoy the hearing of the word of God expounded, to live godly lives and to look after their families. Not so. Is this all that we were redeemed for? No. No, no. We're to serve. We are to fight the good fight of faith. (laughs) We are to enter in the spiritual battle of prayer. This is written by Peter Masters in London. From his book, Your Reasonable Service in the Lord's Work. Now, I didn't read that book. That's where it's from. What about the battle? The battle of prayer. You see, interestingly enough, (laughs) there is a fight. Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. What is that fight? What is that fight? Now, we don't have swords. We don't have guns to fight the fight of faith. We don't use uh, fisticuffs. All right. We're going to fight now. No, 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 no. So where's the battle? What, what is the battle? What is the fight of faith? We're going to see some passages here that give us some, uh, some answers to that. He says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, as he closes his life, as he writes his last few words, the Apostle Paul says, I have fought the good fight of faith. What, did we miss the battle somewhere? Where, where was the battle at? Oh, all along. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You see, the battle is the Lord's. But we're to enter into that battle. And as we enter into that battle, we have a battlefield. Prayer does not prepare us for battle. That's not what prayer is. It doesn't get us ready for the battle, like singing gets us ready for a worship service. Well, that can be, but actually our singing ought to be worship. But what prepares us? Hey, it's not prayer, because prayer is the battlefield. That's where the battle takes place. And that battle takes place in our hearts and in our minds. And we're to pull down those strongholds and every evil thought, every thought that keeps us from the matter of 
prayer. Prayer is essential. Prayer is Christian. If you look to the, to the false cults, what do they do? They pray. Man, do they pray. Even the false Christian cults, they're big on prayer. They're big on missions. They're, they're big on door knocking. They're big on evangelism on their own false cult teachings. So Satan has his way of, uh, if you look at, at, at Satan's work, you can kind of figure, hey, the, the opposite or the similar type things ought to be true for us. Every one of us ought to be prayer warriors. Hello, warriors. Not just prayers, but warriors, because that's where the battle is. That's the battlefield for our faith. It's prayer. Some of you have got a handle on that. Why? Pray for me in that area. Because so easily, I'd rather wash dishes sometimes than pray. I said that before. Figure that. (laughs) But when we do, and God meets with us. Oh, he's honored. He's glorified. He hears. He answers. He is able. That enables us. Oh, the preaching of God's word is absolutely essential. Don't get me wrong. But this matter of prayer is our connecting with him. And as we seek him in prayer, he's seeking our hearts and searching our hearts. As we seek him in the word, then his word seeks us and searches us. Oh, we, that's that fellowship with him. So this matter of prayer. Let me share with you before we go to these passages and other passages in Colossians. Let me just share this with you. You remember the story of, of Moses and Joshua, uh, the battle with the Amalekites, and how that as Moses raised his hands, the battle was in the favor of the of the Israelites, and when his hands were weary and they started to draw up, then the battle went the other way. I'll just read a passage from there. It's found in Exodus 17, verse 11. Listen to what he says. He says, It came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. They didn't put it under his hand. They put it under him. He's going to sit on the stone, okay? He's, he's, he's old. He's, he's weary. He's God's man. But he needs help in the matter of this battle that's taking place. And I believe God is giving us as an illustration of our prayer, how we ought to lift others up, hold their hands up, support them, encourage them, help them, because prayer does just that. He goes on and says, but Moses' hands were heavy and they took a stone and put it under him and he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. They held him. One on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, the battle, the victory was won. Praise God for that. Your missionaries, your pastor, your pastors, your fellow believers need you to hold up their hands in prayer. Those who are suffering with physical illnesses, those that are suffering with spiritual attacks, they need you to hold them up in prayer. That's what it means to hold them up in prayer. 
not just present them before the throne of, 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 of God, but to hold them up, to lift the hands up. God's called us to pray. Whew. I told someone before the service, this is a tough message today. <laughs> Tougher than the giving message last week <laughs> in matter of missions. This is the very focus, the very kernel, the very essence of our Christian life. You understand that? And when prayer is neglected, when prayer is not sought, when prayer is not, not preeminent, the battle's lost already. Pray, pray, pray. Notice what he says in, in uh, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. He says, continue in prayer. Watch again with the same with thanksgiving. So we're to pray, we're to Wait and watch, and we're to thank God for it. He says, with all praying also for us. Here's Paul's request for, for them uh, in Colossae to pray for him. He says, pray uh, also for us that God would open to us the door of utterance. Get, that God would give an opportunity. An opportunity to do what? An utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds. Oh, that he might have an opportunity. Have you been praying for your missionaries to have opportunity to preach the gospel? Opportunity to, uh, to present the, the gospel one-on-one or in a, in a group setting or in a, among thousands? God can do that. God gives those opportunities. Paul says, pray for me for that opportunity. I want to preach. I want to share the gospel, but pray for the opportunity. He doesn't stop with that. He goes on and says, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. That, the, that it might be made known, that people might understand. He says, and by the way, that's, that's the ability. Not only opportunities to pray, but the ability to, 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 to preach, rather, the ability to share the gospel. And then he says, walk in wisdom towards them that are without. Wow. As you pray, and as you pray for the Apostle Paul, as you pray for one another, as, as Epaphras is praying for you, that you might be, stand perfect and complete in all the will of God, he says, then do something. Go towards them that are lost. Don't just say, us four, no more, close the door. We're happy as can be. No, no, no. As we pray, and as we're filled, and as we have prayed for opportunity and ability, then go and use that opportunity, use that ability that God gives. Watching, waiting, seeking. Wow, what a passage. This is, all, although he, he only mentions prayer in a couple of the verses, it's all about prayer. We're going to see a companion passage in a moment that really spells out some things that we need in this matter of being prayer partners. Our church is a partnership. We have a church covenant. We agree to. We have a church constitution, but this is it right here. We agree. This is the living word of God. This is eternal. It's preserved for us. It's God's marching orders for us. But in order to access it, we have to have prayer. We need God's power. There's the fight of faith. There's the battlefield. Well, he goes on and says, walk in wisdom, verse 5, toward them that are without. That means those that aren't believers yet. And then he says, redeeming the time, buying back the time, not wasting time. Do we ever waste time? 
Pastor said, just mentioned a minute ago, that he was really tired after the, after the picnic. And, uh, I believe, and he said he had to take a nap. And I said, oh, you only take one nap? <laughs> when I'm really tired, I take two. I take a nap in the middle of the day and then a pre-bed nap about 8.30 or 9 just to get me ready. <laughs> Do we waste time? Well, if it's not filled with prayer, we do. We are. Hmm. What are we to do about all this? Verse 6 continues on. After we've prayed, after we're we're gone to the lost, after we're redeeming the time, verse 6 says, and let your speech always be with grace, with God's grace, with God's power, seasoned with salt, being salty Christians, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. By the way, the, the speech and the right speech, the right things that we say, uh, does something for us. It gives us knowledge how we ought to answer every man. Figure that. It's almost like <laughs> things that come from the heart come out of the mouth. And those things that come out of the mouth affect the heart. That's exactly right. So which one it is? Is it the words or is it the heart? Which one comes first? Well, is it the chicken or the egg? Well, the chicken that was created had eggs. God wants us to pray. We're to be partners in prayer. That's the Christian life. That's it. I can remember when my wife and I first trusted, when I, when I first trusted Christ and God was working in my wife's life and, and mine at the same time in a mighty way, that first week we went by to see the pastor after we, I went forward in a service to, to give my heart to Christ, we went by. I can remember the pastor's wife, not our pastor currently, our, our pastor's, the pastor at that time, his, his wife took my wife and he took me. Matter of fact, it was his wife, and she, she held our hands, and she just, we, we were walking in the empty church up towards the front, and she just pulled us down in prayer. And I thought, wow. I mean, we can, we can pray on Monday. <laughs> we don't have to be a church service to pray. This is, this is great. This is more. She just pulled us down. Remember that? She just pulled us down. We, we got on our knees, and she led us in prayer, and, and thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his salvation. Wow. Wow. Powerful. When someone gives us a prayer request, don't you dare put it off. God let you hear that. God let you see that. God let you know that for a purpose, for a reason. Pray, pray, pray. I had a man delivering some pine straw last week, and I was putting some pine straw out in the back of my yard, and he knew I was a missionary, and he just happened to say, he's been to my house a few times, he just happened to say, pray for my daughter. She has some needs, and and I said, okay, I will. He says, thank you so much. And I said, let's pray right now. <laughs> kind of shocked him. I don't think he was expecting me to really pray. I said, let's pray right now. God's listening. I hear you, but it's got to be God. And we're going to call upon him. And so we prayed right then and there. Listen, God hears. He answers. He is able. Whew. What a mighty God. So as Moses' hands were lifted up by, uh, by Joshua and, and her, or by Aaron, 
uh, I'm sorry, I said Joshua, by Aaron and her. Um, we're to hold up one another's hands. We're to lift up. Now, I have a companion verse to this passage right here. And it's found in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. If you'll turn with me, please. Ephesians chapter 6. Partners in prayer. Partners in prayer. Turn back a couple books. Ephesians chapter 6. Page 1245, if you have a Bible like mine, and you probably don't. I want to talk about the purpose of prayer. We have a passage here that tells us the purpose of prayer. We're going to start with some familiar verses, and you don't think they're having to do with prayer, but that's what it's about because it's a companion verse to the Colossians passage we just read, which was all about prayer. If you study Ephesians and Colossians, they're very similar in so many ways. Written from the same, the same prison cell, written probably very near to one another. But notice what it says in, in, in verse 10. He says in, in verse 10, Ephesians 6, 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. How can you do that? You can't do it just by wanting it. You can't do it just by, okay, I'm going to be, I'm strong. No, it's by seeking him, by praying, by coming to the throne of grace. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the willies of the devil. It doesn't say willies. I get the willies sometimes. It's not talking about that. His devices, his plans, his evilness. How can we stand? We're talking about the battle and the battleground of prayer. We can only stand against the wiles of the devil, against his devices, as we have the power and the connection with God in prayer. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Here's the purpose for prayer. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We have an enemy, it's the devil, and his demons, they are real, and they are in high places. He is the God, the little God of this world. He's the prince and power of the air, this atmosphere, this planet. That's why Satan offered Jesus this planet, if he would just simply bow and worship him. (laughs) No. Hey, it's going to be Christ, but it's not right now. It's Satan's place. And boy, don't we fit in so easily with Satan's world. Well, he's going to talk about that. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Now, we're going to read the garments that we're to put on, and you're so familiar with these, but I think sometimes we miss the meaning of these precious verses in focusing on the piece of armor rather than the practice of the armor or the purpose of the armor. Stay with me. This isn't deep. (laughs) He says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Focus on truth. 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 Pilate says, what is truth? Looking at the person of truth, the the very author of truth. This is truth. His word, thy word is truth. Sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. It is. 
So as we're standing against Satan or rather kneeling before our God so we can withstand and we can resist Satan and not resist the Holy Spirit of God, we're to have our loins girt with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. There's another one, righteousness. And we understand there's a, a, a reason that it's the, it's the uh, loins girt with truth, the belt of truth, and the breastplate of righteousness. But focus on what we're talking about, truth and righteousness. That's holiness. The outworking of holiness, the work of holiness in you and through you is righteousness. And our righteousness comes not by our own standing, but the righteousness that we receive from Christ, his righteousness, by faith in his blood. That's where it is. Sounds like I'm getting preachy. He goes on and says in verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The gospel. The gospel. And by the way, it brings peace. When I trusted Christ as Savior, my sins were all washed away. All of them, past, present, future. (laughs) He's the propitiation for our sins and not ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Listen, not just mine, but he he took care of everyone's sins who will personally appropriate him. And this is the record that we have eternal life. And this life is in his son. Not in the tub, not in the church, in his son. Wow. He that has the Son has life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written to you that believe in the name of the Son of God. Those things that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God, Jesus. Now, we're talking about prayer, the partnership of prayer. It comes by being partners with Him first. Do you know Christ as your Savior? Get it settled. We've had some up in age who finally has gotten it settled. Get it settled. Life is brief. He says, the gospel of peace. So he's mentioned several things. Truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace. Now he's going to talk about faith. Faith. The shield of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. That, that, the matter of faith. How is your faith? Well, your prayer life will show how your faith is. If it's faith in you, not just faith in faith, not just faith in you, not faith in your church, not faith in your pastor, faith in God, by the word of God, taking him at his word, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That's where, it, that's where the battle is, faith. And the helmet of salvation And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, God's holy word. Now, there's a reason for prayer. We're in a spiritual battle. Prayer is the battlefield. That's where the battle takes place. Someone once wrote, restraining prayer, we cease to fight. Prayer makes the Christian armor bright. And Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. That encourages me. We can be the weakest link, the weakest saint in all the church. But Satan trembles when we're on our knees praying to the holy God of heaven. Who, when we pray, 
we move the very hand of God. The very hand of God. He's waiting. He's waiting. He wants to answer. And Satan trembles when we're praying. So we've seen the purpose of prayer. We have an enemy. The preparation of prayer. We need God's armor. Truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, salvation, the word of God. And the practice of prayers in verse 18. He says praying what? Praying what? There it is, right there. If you're reading the verse, I am praying always, continuously, with all prayer and supplications in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There's three times he mentions the word all, all, all. Wow. Are we partners in prayer? for one another, for our missionaries, for our church. There's the key. We have revival meetings. Why don't we partner together and pray for revival during those meetings? Oh, God, revive us in this matter of prayer. Oh, that we might humble ourselves before you, the holy God, and and depend on you and call upon you and watch you work. And then he says, and here's these familiar tunes that we got from Colossians. He says, and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly. See, it's all talking about prayer. This matter of the armor is prayer. He says, for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Wow. Do we pray for our missionaries that way? That utterance may be given to them? That boldness may be given to them to speak? Oh, I need that. I need that. And by the way, you know when the boldness comes? When I go. Not until then. Until then, I'm, I'm weak and trembling. But when I go, for some reason, I know the reason. <laughs> God gives that boldness. He gives that grace, that unmerited favor, and that wherewithal to do his po- perfect will. So pray. Pray for your missionaries, for utterance, for boldness, for the gospel to be made known. That he might sp- they might speak boldly as they ought to speak, just like the Apostle Paul. Well, let me talk just quickly, briefly about the practice of prayer. We're talking about partnership in prayer. Convicting. We need more corporate prayer. We need to pray together. We need more prayer. What takes place with that prayer is going to take place by the power of the flesh, which will end up in pure vanity and emptiness. It will come to nothing to nothing, prayer, seeking the God of heaven. How do you know how to pray for missionaries? Well, you can read some of these updates from the missionaries. You can read their prayer letters. But here's a novel idea. How about calling a missionary? Our 25 years in Africa, I can think of only just a handful of of phone calls I got from believers. A, A few pastors here and there Not many, I think maybe I can count them on one hand in 25 years. 
Very few believers occasionally. It seems like when our missionaries leave the building, leave the church, then they're just kind of out of sight, out of mind. Lord, take care of them, bless them. No, find out what their needs are. Talk to them. Talk to them. Send them a, a text message. Use WhatsApp. Whatever kind of communication you can use, send them an email. Write them a letter. But whatever you do, know, their, know what their needs are personally and let them know you're praying for them personally. Wow, that's, that's important. And when you receive the text message, when you receive the email, when you acknowledge that there is a need, pray immediately. Pray right then and continue to pray. It's so important. It's so important. How about prayer announcements? We get a lot of announcements. Are you, are you praying for Miss Dean in the, in the home going of her husband? Well, what dear, dear folks. They're, they're of us. They're our family right here. Faithful family. Prayer cards. I know some families, and we've not done this. We've tried to institute it. We've not followed through with it, having a, 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 a basket at the dinner table, at the table, and a prayer card from many missionaries, whether we support them or not, those that have come by perhaps. And you take them one day, one meal at a time, and pray for them. Be best to know what their needs are, but that's an excellent way, especially if there's children in the house, to, to actually see the picture of these missionaries, and then when they come to the church, to, to actually meet them and get to know them. Wow. But pray, pray. It's a good opportunity to pray. Use their prayer cards during, during mealtime. Use the prayer sheets, the photo sheets, the Ray Berry prayer sheets, the weekly prayer sheets that we send out on Wednesdays. I won't sh- have you show hands, but I'd, uh, it'd be interesting to find out how much or how little you know about our missionaries. Now, names are hard to keep up with. My boys, their names were never kept right when we'd come back on furlough. <laughs> they understood that. Do you know which missionaries we have that are serving in Puerto Rico? Do you know, you know who that is? Do you know who? Oh, I'd like to say raise your hand if you know, but don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. I might be shocked. There may be some no voters here. Do you know which missionary family ministers in Burkina Faso? Are you praying so much that you know the field? You know who's there in Burkina Faso, who right now is on, on furlough? Do you know who's ministering in Chile? Someone from Madison Baptist Church. All these are from Madison Baptist Church. Some from our Spanish church, some from our English church. Do you know who's ministering in Guatemala? Do you know who's ministering in South Africa? Do you know? (laughs) Well, if you don't, it's because you're not praying for them effectively. You're saying, Lord, bless the missionaries. And moving on. And feeling pretty good about it. Yes, sir. Well, that's not an amen. That's an oh me. Prayer groups. We pray with ladies' meetings and youth meetings and men's meetings. We have chapel services where there's prayer. We have Sunday school where there's a prayer. But is there prayer? Are you with me? Is there prayer? On that first Friday of each month, the Ray Berry prayer meeting, it's named after Ray Berry because he was a prayer warrior. 
He's one of us right here, a real prayer warrior. Uh, we meet for less than an hour. Uh, this, this past week, uh, there was a couple men praying for longer than an hour, but that's, that's seldom. That's not a lot. But when we pray, we pray. We're getting a hold of God. God's getting a hold of us. Prayer. We need to pray in our church services. Pray, pray. We need to pray. Well, James says it this way. You lost and have not. You kill and desire to love and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not. When you do ask, you receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. And then he goes on and says, you adulterers and adulteresses. That is, you belong to me. I am yours. We are intimate. We are connected. But yet you've gone out and and sought other things than me. The adulterers and adulteresses know you not that friendship with the world. This is Satan's world. Is enmity with God. And whosoever therefore will be the friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think in vain the scripture saith, do you think the scripture saith in vain that the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? The Holy Spirit of God is envious with our attraction to the world and the things of the world and the things that steal our time and our attention in the world. But he gives more grace, wherefore he saith, God resists the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. He says, submit therefore yourself, submit yourselves therefore to God. How do you do that in prayer? How do you humble yourself? All right, Lord, I'm humble now. <laughs> no, not, not. When we get on our knees before him in deep contrition, oh God of heaven, would you hear us when we pray? Would you break our hearts for the sin of prayerlessness? Then he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. That's prayer. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. That brings glory to him. How you doing, dear friends? The psalmist says this in closing. Psalm 116, verses 1 and 2. I've said this before. That's just precious to me. I love the Lord because he hath heard my voice and my supplications. There's a good reason to love him. Because he hath inclined his ear unto me, therefore will I call upon him as long as I live. Let's call upon him right now. Father in heaven, thank you for your goodness to us. Such a heavy lesson, Lord. Such a convicting lesson, Lord. We want to be partners one with another. We want to be partners with our missionaries. But to do that, we have to be partners with you. Lord, you've got some work to do in our hearts. Much. This matter of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for showing us. Now, I pray, Lord, that we would do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you.